0: Chapter Nineteen of Blind Love This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Blind Love by Wilkie Collins and Walter Besant. Chapter Nineteen: Mr. Henley at Home for a month mountjoy remained in his cottage on the shores of solway firth superintending the repairs his correspondence with iris was regularly continued and for the first time in his experience of her was a cause of disappointment to him her replies revealed an incomprehensible change in her manner of writing which became more and more marked in each succeeding instance notice it as he might in his own letters no explanation followed on the part of his correspondent she who had so frankly confided her joys and sorrows to him in past days now wrote with a reserve which seemed only to permit the most vague and guarded allusion to herself the changes in the weather the alternation of public news that was dull and public news that was interesting the absence of her father abroad occasioned by doubt of the soundness of his investments in foreign securities vague questions relating to hugh's new place of abode which could only have proceeded from a preoccupied mind these were the topics on which iris dwelt in writing to her faithful old friend it was hardly possible to doubt that something must have happened which she had reasons serious reasons as it seemed only too natural to infer for keeping concealed from mountjoy tried as he might to disguise it from himself he now knew how dear how hopelessly dear she was to him by the anxiety that he suffered and by the jealous sense of injury which defied his self-command his immediate superintendence of the workmen at the cottage was no longer necessary leaving there a representative whom he could trust he resolved to answer his last letter received from iris in person the next day he was in london calling at the house he was informed that miss henley was not at home and that it was impossible to say with certainty when she might return while he was addressing his inquiries to the servant mr henley opened the library door is that you mountjoy he asked come in i want to speak to you short and thick-set with a thin-lipped mouth a coarsely florid complexion and furtive greenish eyes hard in his manner and harsh in his voice mr henley was one of the few heartless men who are innocent of deception on the surface he was externally a person who inspired at first sight feelings of doubt and dislike his manner failed to show even a pretence of being glad to see hugh what he had to say he said walking up and down the room and scratching his bristly iron-gray hair from time to time those signs of restlessness indicated to those who knew him well that he had a selfish use to make of a fellow-creature and failed to see immediately how to reach the end in view i say monjoy he began have you any idea what my daughter is about i don't even understand what you mean hugh replied for the last month i have been in scotland you and she write to each other don't you yes hasn't she told you excuse me for interrupting you mr henley she has told me nothing mr henley stared absently at the superbly bound books on his library shelves never degraded by the familiar act of reading and scratched his head more restlessly than ever look here young man when you were staying with me in the country i rather hoped it might end in a marriage engagement you and iris disappointed me not for the first time but women do change their minds suppose she had changed her mind after having twice refused you suppose she had given you an opportunity hugh interrupted him again it's needless to suppose anything of the sort sir she would not have given me an opportunity don't fence with me Mountjoy i'll put it in a milder way if you prefer being humbugged. do you feel any interest in that perverse girl of mine hugh answered readily and warmly the truest interest even mr henley was human his ugly face looked uglier still it assumed the self-satisfied expression of a man who had carried his point now i can go on my friend with what i had to say to you i have been abroad on business and only came back the other day the moment i saw iris i noticed something wrong about her if i had been a stranger i should have said that young woman is not easy in her mind perfectly useless to speak to her about it quite happy and quite well there was her own account of herself i tried her maid next a white-livered sulky creature one of the steadiest liars I have ever met with. I know of nothing amiss with my mistress, sir. There was the maid's way of keeping the secret, whatever it may be. I don't know whether you may have noticed it in the course of your acquaintance with me. I hate to be beaten. No, Mr Henley, I have not noticed it. Then you are informed of it now. Have you seen my housekeeper? Once or twice, sir come you are improving we shall make something of you in course of time well the housekeeper was the next person i spoke to about my daughter Has she seen anything strange in miss iris while i was away from home there's a dash of malice in my housekeeper's composition i don't object to a dash of malice when the old woman is pleased she shows her yellow fangs she had something to tell me the servants have been talking sir about miss iris out with it ma'am what do they say they notice sir that their young lady has taken to going out in the forenoon regularly every day always by herself and always in the same direction i don't encourage the servants mr henley there was something insolent in the tone of suspicion that they adopted i told them that miss iris was merely taking her walk they reminded me that it must be a cruelly long walk miss iris being away regularly for four or five hours together before she came back to the house after that says the housekeeper i thought it best to drop the subject what do you think of it yourself mountjoy do you call my daughter's conduct suspicious i see nothing suspicious mr henley when iris goes out she visits a friend and always goes in the same direction and always visits the same friend mr henley added i felt a curiosity to know who that friend might be and i made the discovery yesterday when you were staying in my house in the country do you remember the man who waited on you mountjoy began to feel alarmed for iris he answered as briefly as possible your valet he said that's it well i took my valet into my confidence not for the first time i can tell you an invaluable fellow when iris went out yesterday he tracked her to a wretched little suburban place near hampstead heath called redburn road she rang the bell at number five and was at once let in evidently well known there my clever man made inquiries in the neighbourhood the house belongs to a doctor who has lately taken it name of vimpany mountjoy was not only startled but showed it plainly mr henley still pacing backwards and forwards happened by good fortune to have his back turned towards his visitor at that moment now i ask you as a man of the world mr Handy resumed what does this mean if you are too cautious to speak out and i must say it looks like it shall i set you the example just as you please sir very well then i'll tell you what i suspect when iris is at home and when there's something amiss in my family i believe that scoundrel lord harry to be at the bottom of it there's my experience and there's my explanation i was on the point of ordering my carriage to go to the doctor myself and insist on knowing what the attraction is that takes my daughter to his house when i heard your voice in the hall you tell me you are interested in iris very well you are just the man to help me may i ask how mr henley of course you may you can find your way to her confidence, if you choose to try. She will trust you, when she won't trust her father. I don't care two straws about her other secrets, but I do want to know whether she is, or is not, plotting to marry the Irish blackguard. Satisfy me about that, and you needn't tell me anything more. May I count on you to find out how the land lies? Mountjoy listened hardly able to credit the evidence of his own senses. He was actually expected to insinuate himself into the confidence of Iris and then to betray her to her father. He rose and took his hat, and without even the formality of a bow, opened the door. "Does that mean no?" mr Henley called after him. "Most assuredly," Mountjoy answered, and closed the door behind him. End of chapter 19